books and things in the Word. I had a really, 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 really good sermon on healing this morning, but after coming to the service tonight at altar time of prayer, I just got a little notepad and preached a whole different thing to me about the anointing tonight. So I just wrote down some verses and wrote down some things. I'm going to go through there by the Holy Ghost and teach you some things about the anointing that probably some of you don't know, or maybe most of you don't know about the anointing. But I'll just say this, that uh, our church majors all the time on teaching the Word. And teaching your faith in the Word, your faith in the Word, your faith in the Word was absolutely the number one thing, is your faith in the Word of God will always work. You know, Lawrence and Lear is such a great testimony of that for Eli. That was faith in the Word of God that pulled that through and praised God for the saints, encouraged them and praying with them and things like that. But tonight we're going to be in a little different area. We're going to look at the anointing because sometimes your faith in the Word's answer comes by the anointing of God coming in and doing something for you. And then at the same time, there's people that don't have an ounce of faith in the Word, that the anointing of God will heal them just in spite of themselves, just to show that He's God. And he wants to heal them. And so we're going to look at the, at the scriptures. Now, we're going to start off in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And uh, matter of fact, I'm going to say a prayer over that corporately, if you look up with me as we get to the word. Father, I want to thank you in the name of Jesus for all the things I've learned in the last 37 years. I come into the kingdom of God, laying hands on a lady. The power of God restored body parts and healed her of a chronic illness, Lord, right on the spot. Knocked me out. It was so strong. Knocked her out. And Lord, since that day on January 28th of 1980, I've been aware of this world. I've walked in this world for all these years. And Lord, I want to thank you tonight for that tangible anointing, that healing anointing that's here. That Lord, through how you have me preach and teach and speak tonight, I want to thank you that's going to become real in the hearts of the people here that need miracles the ones that need healing. Lord, I want to thank you because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. People are the same. The devil's the same. You always win. You always triumph. And when people tap into what you have for them, they win too. So we thank you tonight, Lord, that miracles are going to take place. People are going to receive in the name of Jesus. And Satan, I bind you. I rebuke you by the blood of Jesus. Every evil spirit that tried to disrupt or cause any problems this service, I said, no, in the name of Jesus, you have no rights here. And I bind you off the people's minds, off their souls, in Jesus' name. And Lord, I loose the people now to receive all you have for them. And I want to thank you, Lord, that you're the one that gave your life for them. You're the one that took the stripes on your back for them. You're the one that said you want to heal them. And I thank you tonight, Lord. People are going to receive healing and give you the glory. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So I'll show you a couple books as I get to Luke 4, 18. Uh, This is a good one, The Healing Anointing. We're talking about that tonight. We have some more of those in the bookstore, The Healing Anointing. Awesome. And then this is a really good one. As a matter of fact, I'll be hitting some verses in the lesson tonight that's in this book right here. Hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. Uh, don't have any outlines because it's coming out fresh. Luke chapter 4. Verse 18, of course, verse 17 says that Jesus was getting ready to read out of Isaiah. But verse 18, Jesus said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. We're talking about the anointing tonight. Jesus said, because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he's anointed me. 
And I can tell you this, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me tonight. I, uh, you know, may not mean anything about anything to you, but I'm just shaking all over right now. i got so much power of God on me. My physical body's weak right now because the power of God saturated me just during the worship, during the service tonight. And uh, I've experienced that so many times. But there's an anointing here tonight. And as I show you things in the Word, I want you to let Jesus, through His Word, show you what the anointing is and how you can be healed by this anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to you, to the poor. Sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. Deliverance to the captives. If there's some chronic illness, terminal illness, or anything, a sickness or disease, then you're a captive. You're a captive of that disease. You're a captive of Satan. He's got a hold on you because you can't live your life to the fullest that Jesus wants you to. And Jesus said the anointing will set the captive free. And recovered of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him, and began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. He said, This day. And so he said, the prophet Isaiah talking about him, said, Today this is being fulfilled I'm the one here that has the anointing, and this has been fulfilled in your life today. Now, I want to look at the book of Isaiah. I'm not going to look at that passage there particularly that he was talking about here. That's, that's from Isaiah uh, chapter, chapter 61. But I do want to look at Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. And if you're taking notes, I do hope you're taking notes tonight. Isaiah 10, 27. And... Because we're talking about the anointing, and so a good question is, what is the anointing? And that's what we will look at in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. Isaiah has many, many, many prophecies about Jesus, about the church. And the church isn't the building, the church is the people in the New Testament. People that are born again have the Spirit of God in them. Uh, the New Testament calls us the church. In the Old Testament, God dwelled in the temple, in the tabernacle. In the New Testament, we said our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost lives in us. And so many prophecies in Isaiah were about the coming Messiah and about the coming church age. That's the day we live in. It's called the church age, the time of grace, the period of grace. And this season we're in right now is when God was to really, really, really shine through his church. Uh, our nation just had some elections, and a lot of things across our whole land were turned because of Second Chronicles 7, 14, 15. God's people prayed and humbled themselves, turned from their wicked ways, and God said, I'll heal the land. And so there's an open door of the Spirit right now for Christians to be bold like never before. There's an open door of the Spirit right now that wasn't here last year, had been here for several years. But right now, there's an open door of the Spirit, and I believe in churches like ours that God's going to start demonstrating again. Everyday believers are going to get a hold of it. It's for preachers, it's for believers, but God wants believers to know what the anointing is, how to walk in the anointing. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. And then, remember Jesus said, this day came to pass? Well, here's Isaiah 
600 some years before that, telling you about that day that was coming. And it shall come to pass in that day. Well, Jesus said, this is that day. He said, this Isaiah has been fulfilled now. And so here's the guy, the prophet with the Spirit of God on him, telling something going to happen 600 years later. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy deck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And so this gives you a definition from God's word what the anointing is. The anointing of God is the burden removing, yoke destroying, power of God. Burden removing, yoke destroying, power of God. If you've got a burden on you, if Satan has a stronghold on you, if through sickness, disease, things have a yoke around your neck where they jerk you every which way, tell you what you're going to have to do, you can't do this, you can't... Oh, I can't do that because i got to take my medicine. Oh, if I don't take my medicine, I'm going to fall over. If I don't do that, I just can't make it. Oh, I can't do that. You know, I'm 32 years old. i got arthritis. I just can't move. I'm 32 years old. That's a yoke. Satan's got something on you. And the Word of God says that in that day, the burden shall be removed. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The anointing. The anointing is the power of God. Coming on your life to annihilate the works of the devil, to get the curse off of you. And, you know, I'm so grateful what Pastor Dave taught this morning about the authority of the believer, Lawrence and Leah's testimony about the anointing, and all the other things we hear. But the fact of the matter is, God's anointing is for every believer, anywhere, anytime, especially when you come across people that don't know anything about what we know, that they're not going to sit there and let, let you preach the Bible to them. But if you touch them, the power of God will come in, absolutely set them free. I've got so many testimonies I can tell you over the years of things like that. Many of you have them too. But we're looking at the Word of God now because God wants to demonstrate tonight. He wants to demonstrate tonight. And so we see that the anointing Jesus sends upon Him, of course, we're the church now representing Him. That anointing has been passed to us in the name of Jesus. But I just want to look at some things in the book of Luke. And I want you to listen. I want you to take note and let Jesus... Let Jesus make this real to you. And I want to emphasize again, take notes, write the verses down. Write the verses down. Take them home, study them, get them in your heart, in your thinking. Those books from the bookstore that teach on this, take them home. There's a lot of things in there. Of course, uh, this will be on the Internet sometime this week, right? Okay, now, in the book of Luke, I want you to go over a chapter to chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 15. And Jesus has been ministering for, for a while now. He'd, he'd been out for a season where he was going around Jerusalem, going around Judea, Bethlehem, and all the places preaching and demonstrating the power of God. But verse 15 says, But so much more. There went a fame abroad of him. So he was getting famous, getting a reputation for the ministry he was walking in. And great multitudes came together to healed and to hear and to be healed. To hear and to be healed. To hear and to be healed. And so wherever Jesus went, he preached healing. He preached about the anointing. He told them what they could expect if they would hook up. So that's what I'm saying for us tonight. You're here to hear. And to be healed. And, you know, one thing 
I'm a teacher, so I've got to explain things so people get it sometimes. God doesn't use magic wands. There's no magic wand. You just don't have some magic wand to tell people get something. God always wants to tell them something, first of all, from the Bible. I learned this years and years. And as a matter of fact, the first year I was saved, I had a very, very strong pastor that taught faith and healing. And he always taught us new believers, said, if you ever go to a hospital to pray for somebody, take your Bible with them and read some verses. Put some faith in them. Said, don't ever, 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 ever just go around and lay hands on people. Because if you don't do something to get some faith sparked in them, then they can't really expect anything because you just know the person talked to them. Well, you read the Word of God, you bring God on the scene. And so whenever I go to hospitals, if somebody from our church, that's a different thing. I always take my Bible, and most people in our church, because I know what they do, I go and I take my Bible in case I need it. But I always say something like, man, it's so good to know that by Jesus' stripes you're already healed. Oh, yeah, Pastor, I know that, and I'm standing on that. It's so good to know that you've been anointed with all in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith's been prayed that you're getting better every day. Pastor, I know that, I'm believing that. So most of the time when it's people in the church, I've got to have it with me, I have to do it. But if it's a stranger, or somebody calls me and says, hey, I've got somebody so-and-so in the hospital, can you go see them? Well, if I go, I'm going to take my Bible with me because I don't know what they believe. And so I'm going to open up something real simple, probably like Mark 16, where Jesus said, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. I'm going to show them in the Bible, Jesus said it, to get some faith stirred. So I said that to say this, that because you sit under what you sit under here all the time, you know, we know what the Bible says. And so we can pray one for another real easy if I happen to read a whole chapter of the Bible to each other because we sit under this. But if there's people on your job, especially people that are believers and things like that, you don't know what their church teaches. You don't know what they teach. So it's always good to have a little New Testament or something. You can pull it out, and as you're talking, you can look at it, and you can say, you know, there might be a Christian who goes to the Baptist church, the Catholic church, the Methodist church. Any church that preaches Jesus is part of our church, because we're all the same church. But all pastors don't teach about healing. And so as you're sitting there, brother or sister in the Lord, Open up to Mark chapter 16, no matter what they've been taught, you look at the words of Jesus in red. And you show them, Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believer. And then tell them, I'm a believer, and you're a believer. And Jesus said, in his name, I can lay hands on you now, and you will recover. You've got faith into him. And so it's always, 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 always right to put faith in somebody before you do something. And, and, and the, reason, the reason being is this, if you don't and people don't know anything... And they immediately just quench what you're doing. Then they go around just believing all the goofy stuff they've ever heard that hell is not for today. And God's not going to do it now. So you show them the Word of God, then the Spirit of God can talk to their heart. Amen? Amen. And so it says they came to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Jesus always, always, always taught them something before he prayed for them or did anything. And it says that he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching. He always taught. He always preached when he ministered to the crowds. That there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And look at this. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. What preceded the power of the Lord? The man of God separate himself and prayed. Then he was teaching. As he prayed and he was teaching, the power of the Lord came in. I separated myself today and prayed for this service. 
I came in at prayer time this service, and I was up there at the altar praying when God gave me this whole brand new thing. I'm doing right now. The power of the Lord is here right now because prayers went forth to this church today. The Word of God is being taught right now. And the power of the Lord is present to heal. And so what does that mean? The power of the Lord is the healing anointing of God. What is the healing anointing of God? It's the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. And so God wants that anointing to get on you, in you, and move that burden, destroy that yoke that's held you back tonight. He wants it off of you. And what would that be? Whatever it is. Anything that's not absolute healing and health in your body, God wants it off of you tonight. Amen. Amen. Say this. Say, I'm a believer. I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in the blood of Jesus. I believe in the power of God. And I believe tonight is my night. I will receive all that I need from the healing anointing of Jesus. Amen. 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 And so I want you to look. Uh, oh, there's just so much in there we could look at. Look at uh, chapter 6. I look, I look at this in passing to where we're heading to. Chapter 6, verse 17. And he came down with them and stood in the plain, and the company of his disciples, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed. Came to hear him. Had to be healed of their diseases. That's why so many times, so many times that we always in this church encourage you, come to every service, come to every service, come to every service. Here it be healed. Here it be healed. And well, let me tell you something. Contrary to a lot of popular belief in society, the best place for a sick person to be is at a service where they teach healing. You get people in here that need healing, we'll get them healed. If they got something contagious, put a mask on them. Let them sit back in the corner. Or if they're not supposed to be around people, when Pastor Dave was in the hospital, the leukemia and stuff like that he was going through, we couldn't go around people. The doctor didn't want him out of the hospital. But I said, I'm getting to my church. I said, you know, we got to do it. we got to get him to church. We want to get him in the anointing. So they fixed up a separate room for us. And they brought speakers in that room there. And he had to wear a mask and had to sneak him in the back door. The crowd took him in the room there. And we heard the speaker, pastor, preaching. And then I just so happens that short time he had leukemia, they had a guest speaker. He was a great apostle from Mexico, really a man of God, walked in strong anointing. So after the service with the prayer for people, they came around to that little room he was in. They come back and they anointed him and prayed with him. But the main thing was we wanted him under the anointing. So we did the natural precautions. We got the mask on him, kept him away from people like Lawrence said about their baby. Kept him away from people so no well-meaning people come in and put something on him because his immune system was down right then. But praise God, we got him under the anointing. So I'm just telling you, Jesus' method of operation was he preached, they heard. When they heard, faith came. When faith came because the anointing he had, they received and they were healed. It says, they came to hear and be healed of their diseases, and they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed... And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue. Well, that word virtue comes from that same word, dunamis, for anointing. 
for power. It says, for the wit anointing. And that's what he said, the Spirit of the Lord's upon power, because he's anointed me. They wanted to get close to him to touch him, and so virtue went out of him and healed one person. They got around the anointing. How many of them got healed? What's it say? They got healed because they were willing to hear, and so they sought to touch him. Now, you might make a note about the law of contact and transmission. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus said, lay hands on the sick. And Brother Hagin called that the law of contact and transmission. When you got a preacher or a believer for the anointing of God, when they come in contact with a sick person, healing anointing is transferred, is transmitted. And so they wanted, they wanted to touch Jesus because people saw the ones that touched, they got healed. So the whole crowd got around him. They thought, man, we just touch him. You understand at that point in time, Jesus was the only anointed man on the whole earth. He was the one that had the anointing. In the Old Testament, God's anointing come on certain prophets and kings and people. Sometimes it didn't stay. But Jesus had the anointing on him. He said, it's on me. I'm anointed to heal. And so today, we as believers, as preachers, that anointing is in us. And it comes out of us to get on people. But we've got to contact people. We've got to lay hands on people to get them healed. Amen. It's in the atmosphere. Sometimes you can't get here with it within the service. But the main thing is, as you can see, that when Jesus was anointed, people believed it, and got a hold of him, they got it. And so this, this is just so powerful. And I want to just build this up in you tonight about the anointing, the presence of God, the power of God. Now go over to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. Anybody here ever listen to R.W. Shambach when he was living? Wow. Nobody heard R.W. Shambach. I'm not that old. Oh, praise God. Got a couple heads. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, uh, I used to listen to R.W. Shambach every day on the radio. And he, he, he was one of the old ten evangelists. As a matter of fact, I met him a couple times in Washington, D.C. But he was one of the old healing evangelists from the 40s and the 50s. And he kept tents going for years and years. I see his trucks traveling through the Midwest. He had two or three semis that carried a great big gospel tents and had, had, had a, a nationwide ministry, set up tents in a city like Oral Roberts did back in those days, got people healed. But anyway, on the radio every day when he opened up his broadcast, he would, he would say something to the people. I was on the radio listening. They'd say, and now I'm going to take you to a Holy Ghost service already in progress. And so then he'd go to the service. you hear him preaching to the service, and they'd get people healed. So I said that in this chapter right here, I'm going to take you to a Jesus Holy Ghost service already in progress. I've taken you into a service. How, how many, you know, I know that uh, people like to read things today and all kinds of things. Well, this is a true story. This is a picture of Jesus in a service, how he ministered. Luke chapter 13, verse 10. And he was teaching Wow. Duh. You know that amazing thing that every passage we looked at, Jesus was teaching? He was teaching. I'll I'll tell you what, praise God for good singing. Praise God for good praying. And for all the other things we do at a church service, one of the most important things could happen at a service with believers to hear the Word of God taught. must be pretty important. Jesus did it everywhere he went. He was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Well, we're not a synagogue, we're a church. And Jesus Christ is the same, yesterday, today, and forever. And today, 
uh, he used the preachers to do his teaching for him. And so I'm representing Jesus tonight. I'm not Jesus, but I'm representing Jesus. I've got the Spirit of the Lord upon me tonight to preach the gospel. I've got the Spirit of the Lord upon me to heal the sick, to deliver, because it's the same anointing Jesus had. It says, And behold, in his service there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. She was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Has anybody ever seen, down in Nicaragua, I saw several people like that. They, remember those people down there all bent over like that, just walked like that? Well, these people down in Nicaragua, they pick up sticks and stuff off the road to burn, make little fires, try to cook stuff. And so I saw people down there. We saw people down there. So it looked like this. Maybe they wasn't really old because it had such a hard life. It looked like people in their 80s were carrying those boards on their backs and doing things like that. And even they didn't have them on their back, they were walking like that because they were bent over and couldn't straighten up. So if you've ever seen anybody like that in America or somewhere else, that's what this lady's like. She comes into Jesus' service, and he's up there preaching like that. And this old woman comes walking in like that. And the first thing a man of God thinks is, I hate the works of the devil. That's a burden on that lady. That's a yoke on that lady. And I've got the anointing. I've got the burden to move the yoke, destroy the power of God. I'm going to get that lady healed tonight. Amen. But you notice, it didn't say it was the Holy Spirit on her. It said it was a spirit of infirmity. It was a spirit of infirmity on this lady. An evil spirit to make her sick. It says, uh, looked up, and when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. In our service, have you ever seen us at a service call people out and say, come up here, we want to pray for you? Have any of you ever been called out and received a miracle or healing or something up here? Anybody? Amen. Some of you received healings up here. We've well, we called you out. Well, when a man or woman of God is in the Spirit and God speaks something to their heart, it shows them something, he calls them out, things happen. I've been so amazed on Sunday morning sometimes. I'll be up here worshiping the Lord. And my back will be to the crowd, wanting to know who's back here. And Jesus will say something like, I want to heal people of migraines today. As long as I had a headache, I don't even know what they are. But I'll think, oh, there's probably nobody got any headaches here. And I'll turn around and say, Jesus, what till migraines today? Anybody got a migraine? 25 people lined up. And I think, wow, Jesus knew what he was doing. Or I'll call out something else. Uh, Jesus, what's heal stomach problems today? Anybody have any stomach problems? I think, man... Nobody got any problems or stomach. It might be, I hope somebody comes up. And the whole thing's filled up up here. People's got stomach problems because Jesus knows what's going on. He speaks to people that are representing him to get people healed. And then because the anointing of God's there for those things, he wants to get him healed. Let me give you another sidebar. <laughs> right. You know, think of this about this. Okay. If you're ever at a service here or anywhere else at a man or woman of God calls out a sickness or disease, come up right then because there's a special anointing right then for that particular thing right then don't come up to them two days later and say hey i should have come up there but i was bashful well i can pray the prayer of faith for you but i don't have the anointing now for that but i do have faith and i'll pray for you but you come up there under the anointing unless you got a blockage up the anointing will knock it off right there because god called it out for a reason because there's special anointing for it amen you hear what i'm saying don't ever be bashful don't ever be bashful if something's called out and you know it's for you. Get up and get it. If nobody else comes, get up and get it. That's why he said, woman, 
thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And then he laid his hands on her. Remember Jesus told us to lay hands on him? Everything Jesus ever told us to do, he already did first to demonstrate how it works. So he called her out, told her she loosed from infirmity, and then he laid her hands, his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now let me ask you this. You notice that word there says glorified God? Pastor Dave hit on this this morning. God didn't get glory when she was sick. God got glory when she got healed. Don't ever, 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 ever. Let somebody tell you that you're giving God glory if you're held back in life by sickness or poverty or anything else. The Bible, not one place says that God got glory when somebody was sick. Many, many examples of the New Testament when Jesus healed people says that all the glory went to God. God got the glory. God got the glory when they got healed. God didn't get the glory when they were laying sick. God didn't get the glory when they were dying. God didn't get the glory they couldn't take care of their family because they were broken sick. God got the glory when they got healed, got up to take care of the family again. Amen? It says, glorify God. But I want you to notice a couple things here this day here you might not catch if you're a casual reader of the Bible. Years ago when I, when I saw it, I was praying. I said, Lord, how come if she was loosed from the infirmity, that's when he cast the devil out of her. He said, you're loosed. Spirit of said, you're loosed. The devil left. I said, how come, Lord, you laid hands on her then if she was loosed there? And just, it's so simple. Did you see what happened there? The woman was bent over like this for 18 years. Can you imagine the shape of the calcium deposits, the back, vertebrae locked in, muscles, tendons locked in, everything locked up, not moving for years because the devil had a hold on her? Well, when he got the devil out of the lady, still had those other things in her body, the after effect from the disease, he laid hands on her for the anointing. So then it says immediately the anointing went through her and she straightened up. The anointing went through there and lubricated Removed the calcium deposits, got the tendons, the muscles, and everything back to where they're supposed to do. So he cast the devil out. Then he put hands on her for the anointing. So the anointing come in and straighten her up. And a lot of times I look at the anointing like this, like an injection, like a hypodermic. And sometimes I preach that way if I'm preaching on healing, that, that I'm like a vessel full of the healing anointing, and my hands are like a hypodermic for God. Now if I lay hands on you, I'm going to give you an injection of the anointing. And sometimes in a service, when people are believing for things and they're in faith, I've taught over the years, sometimes that if you're standing, your confession's good, and everything's right, nothing wrong getting a booster shot. Come on up here. I'll lay hands on you. I'm not going to undo what you've prayed. You've prayed. I'm in agreement. But let me give you another shot of anointing. You know, there's, there's a, another story of the Gospel of John. There's a blind man. Jesus laid hands on him, said, can you see anything? He said, well, I'm starting to see men, but they're kind of, they're kind of fuzzy. They're kind of shadowy. I just, they look like a shadow. So Jesus said, come here, let me lay hands on you again. So Jesus laid hands on the man a second time. And Jesus said, now what do you see? He said, I see every man clearly, and how I can see. And so sometimes, for whatever reason, you need another dose. And so if you need another dose, come and get it. Amen. So he laid hands on her. He laid hands on her. She straightened up. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said to the people, there's six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed and on the Sabbath day. That is so stupid that preachers and believers get religious spirits on them 
have one that's still what God's done for somebody. You know, there's been so many people. Well, uh, oh, I just think about stupid stuff sometimes that I've seen. One time back in Indiana, we taught a healing school every Wednesday morning. <laughs> I did. Boldness sometimes amazes me with the Spirit of God's ought to preach or what he'll do. But anyway, in this, in this healing school, we had people from all kinds of denominational churches all around Central Indiana come to our healing school. We were on TV and had a healing school every Wednesday morning. And so our healing school was open to everybody everywhere. And we got a pretty good reputation. People get miracles at our healing school. So this lady from a certain denomination that they say they're Christian denomination, I, I guess they are, but most things I say do is not Christian, but they say they're Christian domination. Well, this lady started coming, and her whole family was deeply entrenched in that denominational thing. Her whole family for years went to this place, and the woman had, like, really, really, really bad breast cancer. And so one of our ladies in the church was friends with her, started bringing her to our healing school. So she'd been coming for a month or two. She was getting better and better and better. They kept giving me reports that this denomination, her husband went to it, families all went to it. They were absolutely anti-everybody else except them. They had this whole little thing in their head, if you don't do it our way, you don't go to heaven. So any other Christian church, if you don't believe like our church believes, we're the only ones going to make it to heaven. We're the true believers. You ever been around people like that that think there's the only one? And so anyway, one day, for a healing school, when I was praying, the Lord very specifically showed me these people from that church coming in that day to disrupt the service and try to shut down the anointing. And I saw myself. Sometimes you're praying, you see yourself doing something. I saw myself walking back to the back row and preaching back there where they were sitting. And I saw myself keep using this expression as I taught the Word of God. You call me a liar if you want to, but you're wrong. It happened just like the Bible said. And so... Our healing school opened up that day, and there's about three or four of them came in. They sat in the back row, and they looked like stone statues. Man, I can tell these people are wired, man. They're ready to fight somebody, man. They, 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 they can bite a nail in, too. They look so mean. And so when it was time to preach, we opened it. We had our music, did our thing like that. Then I got my Bible, and I did what I saw myself doing. I walked back there like this, and I read what Jesus was doing. And then I'd give a testimony about somebody that I'd seen healed, that he'd healed. And then I'd say, you can call me a liar if you want to. It's right here in the Bible. Jesus said it, and I did it. They got it. And then I'd read another story. I'd read like that. They're sitting there like that. I said, you can call me a liar if you want to. Right here in the Bible. Jesus said it, and I did it. They got it. And so I, I just preached the whole thing that way. Did they change? Not that I know of. But too long after that, they was able to pull the lady out, and she died about a month later. But they convinced her to get back where they were out of that thing there. She was making progress all the time, and then pulled her out. So what am I saying? Right here in the Bible, it happened to Jesus. That's religious spirits. They, 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 they want to talk about God, but they don't know God. All they want to do, as a matter of fact, you know, uh, in, in the epistle John, it says that in the last times, 1 John chapter 4 specifically says it, that there's going to be the spirit of Antichrist. Well, there's going to be a guy called the Antichrist. It's going to be a really mean dude going to rise up. There's the spirit of Antichrist. Christ means the anointing, the anointed one. So the spirit of Antichrist means anti-anointing. 
So sometimes in our lives, because of the anointing, the spirit of Antichrist comes against us. Now, if we'll say it again, it's not the Antichrist that's going to sit in the temple and all that kind of stuff and call himself the big one, but it's just the Antichrist anointing through believers sometimes. And it might even happen to people in the church might yield that spirit of Antichrist. What's Antichrist? Anti-anointing. Just will use people to come against the anointing. People you work with sometimes might yield that spirit of Antichrist that's anti-anointing. So these people here were right at a service. There's a woman, 18 years that woman suffered with that disease. 18 years. Jesus gets her healed. They say, why would you do that today? You can do it any other day. But you do it any other day, why didn't they ever do it? They weren't going to get anybody healed. They didn't have anything. Amen. Anybody get anything out of this? Amen. And so then I want you to notice this. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath day lose his ox or his ass from the stall, leave away to watering? said, You guys have mercy on animals. said, You guys care about animals. And then he said, Now look at this. There's a big key to your healing in this next statement that Jesus made. And ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, being a daughter of Abraham. Jesus was always covenant-minded. Jesus was covenant-minded. Jesus said, this lady is a daughter of Abraham, and Satan has no business afflicting her. She wasn't just a sinner in the world. At that point in time, the only covenant operation between God and man was the Abrahamic covenant. And the Abrahamic covenant, God promised healing. He promised deliverance. He promised prosperity to Abraham's seed. And Jesus said to these people, Ought not this woman be a daughter of Abraham? You guys are Jews. He said, You guys are Jews. This is Abraham's seed too. She's got a right to be healed. I want to tell you something. Galatians chapter 3, Pastor Dave mentioned it this morning. You and I are Abraham's seed through Jesus Christ. We weren't born Jews we were born again into Jesus, and if we're in Jesus, the Bible says that we are Abraham's seed. Amen. we got a covenant. And so he said, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, burden, yoke, Satan. I want you to see this. Jesus said Satan's the one that made this lady sick. You know, we teach at this service every week. John 10, 10, the thief come to steal, kill, destroy. Jesus come to give you life of that more abundantly. And let me, let me tell you something about that because sometimes, well, not sometimes, all the time, we really need to teach you what goes on in the spiritual realm. Somebody said, are you telling me that every time somebody's sick, it's a demon? No. Sometimes it's a demon. But through the fall of man, sickness and disease, the curse came to the earth. In the Garden of Eden, when man turned on God, that opened the door for Satan to come into the earth. And so sometimes sickness and disease is just a natural thing because of the fall. It's not the will of God, but the curse came in. And so sometimes it's a natural thing, but then sometimes it's a spiritual thing. Sometimes there's a demon present, you've got to deal with it. Back in Noblesville, Indiana, back in about 1985, my wife and I had a ministry called Labors of the Harvest. Yeah, we worked out at Assembly of God Church, but we had, we had, we went door knocking to get people healed, just knocking on people's doors, telling them Jesus loved them, is any sick here, we want to heal you. 
And so anyway, we knocked on this door of this house one night. And this little lady answered the door. Turned out she was an apostolic Christian. Little old lady, sweet little old lady. And, she's, and we, when we told her we were rep- representing Jesus, was there any sick in the house? And the woman started crying. It said, I had a stroke. said, I'm blind in one eye. And I'm paralyzed on that side of my body. It said, I've been praying that God would send somebody to my house. And so with this lady... We talked to her for a minute. I read some verses. And then I went to lay hands on her. And Jesus said, don't lay hands on her, so that's a spirit of infirmity. Just cast it out. This is why we as Christians need to listen to the Holy Spirit when we pray. You can't lay hands on somebody with a demon and get him healed. You cast the demon out. Amen. And somebody that needs natural healing, you just don't tell the devil get out. you got to lay hands on them. Anyway... So when Jesus said that, I was just this close to her. When he said that, I stopped. Because he never told me that before. <clears throat> I just looked at her. And I said, you spirit of infirmity, get out of this lady in the name of Jesus now. And when I said that, she started crying. And she said, my body's tingling all over. And then the side was paralyzed. She started moving. Started doing things. Said, oh, I got tingling all down my body. She said, I can see. I can see. My eye. I can see. And so I had my little Bible. Mrs. Pastor said she couldn't even read it. Well, it was a real little print. She said, I couldn't even read that. So I had the lady cover the eye that saw before, and she started reading the Bible to us. And so what am I saying? Spirit of infirmity is from the devil. That's not every sickness disease, but sometimes it is. And it says that Jesus told that spirit of infirmity, get out of this lady. He got her healed. And then he told these religious people, Satan's the one that had her bound these 18 years. The burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God will heal anybody, anytime. It says, whom Satan up battle to be loosed from this bond, bondage, bondage, on the Sabbath day. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. God got glory when she got healed. God got no glory when she was sick. This was Abraham's seed. She is under a covenant. You're under a covenant because of the blood of Jesus. God gets no glory when you're sick. God gets no glory if you can't go to work because you're sick. God gets no glory if you can't live your life like you're supposed to live it. God wants you healed. God gets glory when you get healed. And, and I want to look at the book of Acts, a couple of things in the book of Acts. And then Joshua will do a little worship. And we'll see how Jesus wants to get people healed tonight. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. You need to have this verse in your arsenal. You need to have this verse in your Holy Ghost healing verses that's in your heart and in your Bible. And like Pastor Dave said this morning, if you mark in your Bible, put red around this, put stars, put yellow through it. I mean, I've got everything in mine. I mean, mine, I got, I got the red, the yellow around that. I wrote healing right beside it. And I've known that verse for about all my Christian life, but I still mark them and still do it. And like my pastor used to say, 
If you've got a Bible that's so holy because your grandma gave it to you and you can't write in it, then save that one and put it on your shelf and buy you one you can write in. Amen. Buy you one you can write in. And so this verse says how God anointed the anointing is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. The burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And with power. With the Holy Ghost and with power. The healing power of God and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. All that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, at today, and forever. The anointing's the same. God's the same. It's sad to say the devil's the same for right now. He won't be for much longer than we put in the bottomless pit soon. But right now, he's still oppressing people. But praise God, Jesus is still healing people. Where healing's taught. Jesus is still setting people free. And so healing all the oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And one more place I want to look at, Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. I think, I, think, I think this will mean something to you after what you've seen. Josh, go ahead and get ready. Actually, verse 12 says, in verse 12, and by the hands of the apostles, you notice the hands laid on the hands again? By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. They were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And uh, of the rest did no mind join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both the men and women. Now look at verse 15 and 16, and I think this will mean something to you. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And there came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. There's the demon spirits again. And they were healed every one. Jesus' shadow didn't heal anybody. But the anointing came out of him. You got that close to somebody for the anointing. The power of God's going to get on you. And so I know that in my life, I've been so full of the power of God sometimes that I've went like that and people fell out just because the anointing God coming out of me. Been that strong before. I've went to pray for people before because the anointing, I got to them to touch them and they fell before I even touched them because the anointing. So you can say, well, they got close to Pastor Shadow. They fell. Oh, the shadow didn't do anything. If you get close to somebody where the shadow gets on you and they're anointed, they're going to anointing come out and they're going to do something to you. They're going to get you healed. And so, God tonight, by the anointing, no matter what your level of faith is in the Word right now, you can have a high level of faith or a low level of faith. With the anointing of the Lord's present, there's things that take care of, get take care of your life that will never happen any other time except through that anointing. So we're going to start worshiping and listen to the Holy Ghost. And then we'll see what to do next because I don't know right now. I hit the end of my road to the Holy Ghost shows me in the next part. So how many?